Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of My Body, My Pleasure, where we talk about all things pleasure. Now, this episode is a very, very special episode. Um, (laughs) First of all, can we talk about how we are officially five episodes in? Now, I know that might not seem like a lot, but we are literally halfway through the season, and that makes me so happy. But let's get into this episode. So this episode, I sat down with Mixtress Andy, um, aka the Kinky Consultant on Instagram, and they walked me through um, just different ways to tie yourself up, how to tie up a different partner. Um, and there is some video elements, so definitely check out our Instagram, My Body, My Pleasure podcast on Instagram, and you can see like all the video, the visual elements. Um, there is a whole segment where they teach you how to tie up a chest, like do you like a T-shirt on your chest with rope and the different types of rope. So this episode is very, very special, very fun, very engaging, but I also got the sit down portion, which will be this podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And while I'm at it, thank you so much to the sponsors that I currently don't have, but I am manifesting. Your future support encourages me to keep creating quality content and keep having dope conversations with dope people. So yeah, let's get into this episode. Um, so first, like, I know we just went through the whole like rope class and stuff, but could you like introduce yourself, introduce your business and kind of like how you got started? Yeah, so my name is Sam, um, but in the BDSM world, people will address me as Mixtress Andy. Um, mixtress being the gender neutral honorific for mistress. Mm-hmm. In my personal life, I am not binary and use they them pronouns, but in my BDSM space, as you can see, it's all pink. This is the one place where um, I'm very in tune with my femininity. So like she, woman, you know, fierce goddess are all in my wheelhouse here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been a BDSM player and um, just a kinky, fun swinger person for years. Um, I am originally from Los Angeles, but I was living in Seattle at the time and um, wanted to get into it. So I started going to swingers clubs and just experimenting with women and with BDSM and with rope. And it got to be so wonderful that I started renting a dungeon from somebody and taking clients. And uh, when I moved back to LA, I opened up this spot and started teaching rope classes and um, just trying to connect predominantly with the queer community and make BDSM and kink accessible to them. I think that a lot of spaces are very heterosexual and, um, you know, we need to be more open about talking with things. So I'm that like weird, funny friend now where <laughs> anyone has a sex question, they're like, just go ask Sam. Like I've got every toy <laughs> under the sun. I've got, there's nothing you tell me that's gonna shock me. I'm like, oh yeah, you like to put feet up your ass? <laughs> Wonderful. Do you know the best lube to do that with? Like... <laughs> Wait, so what is the best lube? <laughs> because I'm that friend too. Like I said, I used to own like a sex store, um, but I really got into it because I wanted to teach predominantly like women or gender identifying women who I felt like really wasn't getting the best orgasms because like 
that is a thing. It's yeah. prevalent in the South. So it's especially prevalent in the South where women are just like, this is one way to have sex and this is one way to experience pleasure. And that's also why I wanted to start this podcast because I want women to understand or everybody actually to understand that, you know, pleasure is available to everybody. It's your body, it's your pleasure. Mm-hmm. So like, what brings you pleasure? Yeah, I'm always so surprised at how many like, adult people are not experiencing pleasure even just weekly like experiment with yourself experiment with a partner if you have one like reach outside of what society has offered us especially people who you know have experienced womanhood and the education behind pleasure is severely lacking like if you are not pleasurable to the man you are not pleasurable fuck that like (laughs) be pleasurable to yourself my body is sexy because i want to be sexy and and finding different ways to find pleasure whether it be kink whether it be you know just regular sex like there's so much available to us and i think that if we don't talk about it that availability stays low you know i want abundance when it comes to pleasure i like it's called hedonism um it's seeking abundance of pleasure and i'm like we all need to be hedonists Cool, and I'm glad that you brought up pleasure because like the one question that I always ask my guests is, so what is your pleasure story? And I'll explain it. Mm-hmm. So um, pleasure, what is your pleasure story is um, a term that I kind of came up with to get to know people and how they experience pleasure. So like for myself, I've been reworking what I've been calling myself because like I'm finding that it's super, um, it's super confusing, but I usually call myself a dominant bottom, mm. which, which means that like I'm very communicative in what I like, what I want to experience. Um, but I'm also realizing it was a term that I had with men because I really just, I don't like, I didn't like doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, I was a starfish back in the day. <laughs> um, on the last episode, I talked about how like I had one ex who was pretty much just like, show up and get on the bed like you don't have to do anything which even given head because I love to give head and so I was like okay Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where the bottom part came in but now that like I've had more experience with women I'm realizing I'm I I don't want to say a dominant switch but I'm very still dominant but I don't know like I like giving just as much as I like receiving Mm -hmm. as well um so I've been trying to rework that, but do you, I like, you know, you said that you're like BDSM or mixed mistress? Mixtress, so the M-X-T-R-E-S-S, mixtress. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. But, so could you go and tell me about your, like, your pleasure story? Like, what do you like to experience when you're, like, wanting pleasure? Or- yeah, for sure. So, um, I would say, you know, almost similarly, I think in my experience in the past with men, I was very much what we would now call a power bottom. It was like, I'm bossy, but at the end of the day, you're doing the work and I'm just here to be pretty. Um, And (laughs) then, you know, when I started sleeping with women, um, it changed. I became what now you call a service top. Mm. It was, I wanted to top, but I wanted to do it in service to you. I wanted to please you. I wanted to pleasure you. Um, Sometimes you'll hear them referred to as stone tops, which isn't exactly where I lay. It's like, I definitely want to be pleasured too. I'm not just going (laughs) to pleasure you and be done. But I also could do that. Like, especially because I do love a lot of BDSM and I love a lot of kink. Like, my favorite things are impact play, which is hitting people. Um, Floggers are my specialty. Or rope, which is tying people up. 
it's me doing it in service to you. I want to, you know, help you find your pleasure. Um, and I think it did make that switch. I think heterosexual society has conditioned us to think of a certain way when you're sleeping with men. And then when I started sleeping with women, I was like, wait, there's so much more available to me. <laughs> so much. Fuck this, yeah. Um, so nowadays, I mean, I'm exclusively queer. I only date queer people. I have a partner, we're in an open relationship. Um, and occasionally I have sex with men for money, but uh, I'm not just like going to the bar and finding a man. Um, Cause I'm, I've just, my attraction has swung so far to the other side that it, it's opened new doors and it's opened my eyes to queer identity and queer sex. And it's just so scrumptious that it's like eating steak every night for dinner. Like I'm not going back to fucking chicken nuggets. Yes. Like my pleasure story started slowly and I was like, I don't know, we'll find out. Now I feel like I'm eating filet mignon every fucking night. I'm not going back to chicken nuggets. <laughs> Listen, that kind of resonates with mine because, like, I recently just came out, like, as identifying as a lesbian as well. I Ooh, thought I was. Congratulations. Thank you. I thought I was pansexual, but the more, like, I just experienced queer sex, I realized that, like, it it does not do anything. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I, I don't even have, like, I don't want to say men disgust me, um, but cishet men are just like, mm, I, they don't do anything. They don't turn me on or anything like that. Um, so I'm glad that you brought that up um, because that kind of goes in line with your business, the Kinky Consultant, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, could you tell me like how you started that? And Yeah, so you know, I, I think as soon as I started on this journey, like I'm all gung-ho when I I start something I have ADHD I just I find something and I obsess over it and so I was going to swingers parties two three times a week I was going to BDSM parties I was in it I was like I found what I love and we're doing everything so it just became that kinky friend that people would come to with questions you know of like what is this how do I do this safely um, is this something that I should try you know and so I was like oh let me send you like three resources <laughs> right now and so it just became something where as you know, I became an adult and like wanting to start a business, I, I could work in an office max if I wanted to, I'm sure I'd be very skilled at it, but like, fuck that. I want to talk about sex every day. Um, so I just like kind of popped up a website just to see what would happen. And the emails just started flooding in, you know, people really, when you don't have anyone to talk to about this, you feel so very much alone. And so I think when people see my ads, they see my Facebook, they see my Instagram or something like that, they're like, oh my God, finally, somebody who's kind of like that trusted friend that I can just ask questions to. So like I'll do free consultations and I'll just like sit down with you on the phone for 15 to 30 minutes and just see where you're at. And if I feel as if I'm somebody who can help you, then we can continue to work together. Or I can just send you a couple resources and send you on your way. Sometimes people just want, you know, a website where they can start the reading and then they want to do all the work themselves and some people want you to hold their hand you know they want you to go with them to the sex store and explain what these toys are they want to go to a class and learn a skill you know and so it's as much or as little um, as you as you want from me i just want to strip down the shame that people feel when it is you know surrounding pleasure and surrounding kink and things like that and also make it more accessible because I know that some of these especially with BDSM um, or even with like certain sexual acts like it is a skill it's something you have to feel like you're getting good at or going to be good at and that can be a slow process um, 
but that there's pleasure on the way. And so, you know, just because there is a very long timeline before you're going to become a shibari <laughs> master who can suspend bitches from the ceiling, like, doesn't mean that in the meantime, you can't go to Home Depot and buy yourself some rope and play with it in your bedroom and discover something you've never felt before. You know, we should all feel like that is accessible to us instead of feeling scared and being like, nah, what if I do it wrong? Who cares? That is usually me. Um, so with the sex clubs, like, were you going by yourself or did you have a partner? Like I have only ever gone by myself, which is well, like, so I started going to the sex club because I was, I wanted to say like 25 and I wanted to sleep with women. And um, I had slept with one woman before and it, it was like fireworks. Like I was like, oh my God, wait, this is what I could have been doing the whole time. But I didn't want to like, I was heartbroken when we didn't work out and I didn't want to like go on Tinder and like take a girl on a date and like her and then be bad at sex. Like we'd only had sex the one time. I didn't know if I was good at this or not. Um, so I said, I'm gonna go to a swingers club and predominantly all these women are married and they're married to men. So like, you're not gonna leave your husband for me. And you probably also haven't had much sex with women either because you're married to a man. So we're both kind of an even playing field here. And if it works out, then cool. Like I'll be back at the club on Saturday. And if it doesn't work out, I'm just never gonna speak to you again. And there's no hard feelings, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not like ghosting someone on Tinder. So I start going to the sex club by myself and um, everyone else almost is partnered. Um, but I was just like, fuck it, I don't have anyone. I can't wait. I just wanna <laughs> go and get better at this. And I love going places alone. I go out to restaurants alone. I go to the movies alone. I love to be by myself, as a matter of fact. Like, oftentimes, if we're not gonna have sex or beat the shit out of each other, I kind of don't wanna come. Like, <laughs> it might be to your party, but I'm gonna, like, nicely say no. Um, <laughs> so, I've always gone alone because I have had partners who um, have participated in one way or another, but it always just, I'm always the kinky partner. Um, so, I used to have somebody who, like, we would do we would like hook up with other couples we would swing with other couples but it was during the pandemic so we couldn't actually go to the club and we've broken up since and so my new partner and i we've gone to like queer sex parties um but my favorite one actually stopped happening in la and i was mm -hmm. like damn we didn't even get the fuck so <laughs> it'll eventually i'd love to you know like host big orgies and just everyone's my partner i want to <laughs> die with like a million lovers and just look back fondly on all of them. But this journey, you know, started by myself and I just kept going with it. I was like, I don't know, I'm my best lover so far. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I think I like, so I went to one sex club with my roommate, my uh, previous roommate. And she went with her partner, so it was just me. And like they went off and did their. Oh, your third wheel, and like. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we were talking about it, and she had a completely different experience than me. Like I was obsessed. Like I watched like this woman squirt. I was like, oh. I was in my element, and she was like, I didn't like it. It felt disgusting, and I was like. Oh. Oh, we had two different experiences. And isn't that so interesting that you can, you know, so, like, I like to beat the shit out of people, and some people would say, you hit me, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, you know? <laughs> you could have two very different, you love to be squirted on, or you only want to squirt, you know, everyone is different. I love that. Um, so could you tell me more about, like, how you became, um, and I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly, 
So it's a mixtress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oftentimes, like as a as a dom, D O M M E, which is like the feminine version, mm-hmm. um, you'll you'll hear a lot of of the honorifics. You'll hear mistress. You'll hear goddess. You'll hear madam a lot. Um, and then certain dominatrices will just come up with their own little fun. You know, maybe it's princess. Maybe it's milady. You know, you get to pick whatever makes you feel strong. And so, especially like as a non-binary person. Um, who doesn't really fuck with men anymore. Um, I only fuck with men in a domination space in a way that does make me feel like a strong woman. A lot of my clients are men and they're oftentimes like powerful, like they're the bosses at work. And when they come into the space, they don't want to be the boss anymore. They want to turn that off and they want to, you know, trust you to lead the room. It's, it's a very, wonderful trust exercise they have to give you that and you have to promise to keep them safe that's your job as the dominatrix and so um mixtress is is something that my submissives will call me and um it's just you know my special word that that you have to call me that because you just love me so much and you want to honor me because at the end of the day there's this power struggle of like i'm better than you (laughs) and you're here because you want that you want a woman who is better than you to kick you around or to peg you or to do whatever. Um, and especially amongst men, I find that there is a lot of shame. They, they're they afraid to tell their partners, you know, I want it up the ass or I want to be hit or I want to be peed on or I want to suck your toes because men have this toxic masculinity that it's like, no, you need to be a rugged man. <laughs> and so these men come in here and they're little babies. They just soften right up and they're just like, please, ma'am, do what you want, you know? (laughs) They want that safe space and I love providing it for them. I don't like dating men um, because there is that back and forth that you have to like participate in. Whereas when men come into my space, it's actually just me providing them a safe space to find pleasure and being the the grown-up in the room being that dominant figure that says i'm gonna make sure you're safe today let's play and it's just really fun i love that so have you my biggest concern with that is that like safety have you Mm -hmm. ever like how do you ensure that like when you're going into these spaces especially with men but with anyone because anything can happen with anyone how do you ensure your safety yeah Um, The good thing about, you know, the BDSM world in general that I think a lot of people don't know is like it is very heavily communicated um, when you're doing scenes and stuff about consent and like it's almost like a business meeting before you even get to the playing. Like when you're just hooking up with someone and you're fucking, you know, how do you get there? I don't know. You just start making out and then like things happen. <laughs> like that's not how it works with BDSM. You, you literally sit down across from each other and we say, okay, what do you want to do today? What makes you feel safe? What are your safe words? What are your limits? What works for you? What doesn't? We would discuss everything. We would make a plan and then we would move into the scene, which is like the activity, the play, right? And whatever you've discussed before is what you do in the scene and you do not deviate. So like if I'm, you know, tying you up and then in the middle of the scene, you decide that you want to be suspended, but we didn't talk about that first. It's actually not on the table. We needed to discuss that because 
you know, of course, when you're in this pleasurable state of mind, you're totally willing to like agree to shit. <laughs> like you're just like, yeah, do it. And I'm like, mm, we didn't talk about that. So as the dominant, you really have to um, keep your wits about you, even though you're experiencing your own pleasure because you're being entrusted in keeping the scene safe. Um, and even as a submissive, you need to know that you can trust your dominant to keep you safe because you hear these awful stories, you know, of, of people getting into um, situations where they call their safe word and their dominant doesn't listen or, you know, you want to stop and they say, well, let's just keep going a little bit longer. No, fuck that. You know, like you need to know that the people you're playing with are safe and that kind of just takes time to get to know people. It's called pickup play. When you go to a, a BDSM event, you kind of just meet someone random and you pick up some play that night you didn't like pre-negotiate this like two weeks ago um <laughs> that can be a little dangerous because you don't know that person it's the same as like having a one night stand like i don't know who the fuck is at your house um but of course like certain things like having a friend on call some people wear safety watches um you know if you need to bring something that makes you feel safe like mace or a knife to a stranger's house you should <laughs> oh, um but it's not always this just like seedy underground dark lair. It's like people with real jobs, like, you know, that guy's a dentist and he just wants to be pegged and go home, you know? And no, people aren't always out to get you or be evil to you. And it's almost gonna kind of take the pleasure out of it at the beginning when you're sitting here talking about like, okay, I would like you to put this in my ass and then take it out and then put it in between my titty and da da da. And you're like, wow, this is very graphic, but then when you get there, you know what you're getting into and you've established that safety. Um, so consent and communication are like top, they call it safe, sane, consensual. Those are like the rules of BDSM. Are you being safe? Are you in a, of a sane mind? And is all of this consensual? And if all three of those are in place, then you're good to go. Okay. Um, see now, I wasn't expecting all of this. Um. <laughs> it can be overwhelming. It's like, it's pleasurable, but it's information, but it's, it's sparking new things in you. It's discovery, you know? Yes. I mean, because like, so I've taken, like, I actually require all of my friends to take the BDSM test. BDSMtest.org? Yes. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah. I'm working right now on my website with um, creating a, a test you can do with partners or with yourself that then mm. you can start to like label it out like this is a five for me i really love it this is a zero don't even ask um <laughs> but the bdsmtest.org is something i send every single client before we even meet together because then you can you know if you got a hundred on rope we're doing that on tuesday <laughs> and if you got a zero in pet play then i'm not bringing the puppy mask but the interesting ones i find are actually the like 30 to 60 degree range because that tells me um, it's of interest to you, but maybe you've never tried it. Mm. And so I'm like, huh, like, do you, did you ever think that like mommy daddy play is open to you? Like you, you came into the space, you know, today and you're like, I'm a rigger. And then you started tying and you're like, I might want to be a bunny, you know, like those are the interesting ones of like, well, what if we tried that? And if you don't like it, we don't ever have to do it again. But what if you discover something new? Yes, and see, I've always considered myself, like, not officially, because, like, I don't know much about the BDSM world, but, like, in the bedroom, I'm typically, like, a dom. Mm -hmm. Like, I am typically, typically the person who's, like, communicating, like, what's gonna happen, mm -hmm. um, but I want to learn more before I even, like, say, like, this is what I want, because 
now like even with like you said with the rope i'm like oh i want somebody to sign me up like, yeah <laughs> you know uh maybe we could like switch like mm -hmm. one time i sign you up you sign me up um but i'm just like curious um do you teach like those classes like i know you teach rope but do you teach like I don't know, let's say if someone's interested in dumbing or if someone is interested in being a sub, like do you teach like the safety of it or mm -hmm. all Yeah, so the rope is my only like curriculum class where we mm -hmm. go through like A, B, C, and D and I teach you a certain thing from start to finish. I do take private clients and help them because um, I do find that everyone is so different, like move through what you're looking to move through. Um, I've taken people and you know, given them private domination uh, classes and showed them how to use tools safely and, and how to explore kinks and stuff like that. I've taken people to the sex store. Um, I've gone to people's houses, like especially couples that was really popular for a while. Like I would go to your house and I would kind of start the experience for you and teach you how to play safely. And then when things started to get real good, I just kind of <laughs> float away. Um, but I do have a resource guide on my website and my Instagram, at least for LA, um, for both newbies who are like, I've never done this before, I'm totally starting out. And then not, I wouldn't say like, oh, the most experienced players, but like, if you're comfortable going to a sex party at this point, like here's a list of six sex parties, you know, in, in the LA area. And on that list are some really good, like if you're somebody who likes to sit down in a class and listen to an instructor, um, like Justine Cross is the owner of Dungeon East. It's a beautiful dungeon where all of the furniture is white. Um, mm. She teaches like BDSM 101. You know, we're starting from the beginning. Um, and there's just a whole resource list I have there of people who want to sit in a class and listen and learn in that way. I'm more of a one-on-one, -on -one, like we're friends and I'm just taking you on a journey. Um, but the rope is my one curriculum to class. Okay. Um, and so for like rope, how did you really just fit, find that that was like your space? Like this is something that I'm really good at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when I was at the Swinger Club, there was a guy who had a suitcase that he took everywhere. And I was like, what's in the suitcase, man? And he opened <laughs> it up and it was like every fucking toy you could imagine. Canes, whips, blockers, electric, saran wrap, dental dams, condoms, rope. And I was like, hmm, that could be fun, you know? And as somebody who is very, very dominant, um, it's, it's rare that I submit to anyone. Um, and if I'm to submit to somebody, it's somebody I have to trust very deeply and it's somebody I have to be confident in their skill level. And so I used to know a dominatrix in Seattle who tied rope and so I hired her to tie me up because it was something I wanted to experience, but it was something that I knew had to come from somebody who had that energy. Um, because what happens is like any relationship that I'm in, you know, people come with that, especially when it used to date men, you know, oh, I'm an alpha. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the bedroom and you're a little pussy bitch is what you are. <laughs> because as soon as you press back against it, if you're not truly a dominant, some people will just, submit and so I could never find anyone that that matched my energy I knew I had to hire a professional this is somebody who does this so I hired her and I just started kind of learning on my own at home I went to Home Depot and I bought some clothesline and I went on YouTube and I looked up some tutorials and I just started learning and you know playing with partners and, and experimenting in the bedroom and then you know a couple of years later 
I, I of course love to do a fashion tie. I will take a harness or you know a leg tie out on the town and wear it over my clothes and out to dinner and anywhere. And um, people always ask me, oh my gosh, how did you learn to do that? Where did you do that? And I just started to build a community of people who wanted to learn. And so I said, well, I can teach a class. It can't be that hard. <laughs> and after the first class, especially with queer people who you know, a lot of swingers clubs are very straight. A lot of sex clubs are very straight. A lot of dungeons are very straight. They don't, rigging is oftentimes a male dominated field. Mm -hmm. A lot of riggers are men. And that was something for me, I didn't want to be tied up by a man. I didn't want to submit to a man. It made me feel very vulnerable and very unsafe to mm -hmm. be, you know, completely tied up by someone much stronger, much bigger, um, and with, with much more power in society than I had. I said, fuck that. So I was like, I could do this for the people who feel unsafe in those situations. And so I hope that in teaching classes, I can send out, you know, more people into the world who, you know, 10 years from now, I want to be going to sex clubs and these people are the riggers. These people are tying each other up. You know, I want to see women in this space. I want to see queers in the space and the way that you make space for that is you create it yourself. I wanted to be tied by a woman, so I t paid a woman to teach me, and now I'm so good at it that people pay me to teach them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So um, as we kind of just like close out the podcast, um, I always ask my guests, uh, do you have a top five like playlist in the bedroom or even if you like use music <gasps> in the bedroom? Yes. Okay. So I have a Spotify code tattoo and I'm a stripper. And so this is the, the song that I always strip to. It's Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Mm. And it goes, I want to fuck you like an animal. <laughs> so that's like by far my number one. Um, number two is another song by Nine Inch Nails called Head Like a Hole. And I have this amazing short story I'll share where I was actually teaching another dominatrix how to dom. Um, she was Russian and she spoke English um, very, very well, but there are just some words she doesn't know. You know, <laughs> like, how do you know the difference between cock and dick and uh, wiener and you know penis and all she doesn't know all the words so she says I want to come into the space and learn how to dom and I need to know the vocabulary so I had a submissive who liked to be pegged and so I tied him up and we put his head in her lap and she held the ropes that put his legs above his head and she was spitting in his mouth and I was pegging him and you know, I've tied this beautiful rope thing and I'm pulling on the ropes and I'm just fucking the shit out of him. And this song comes on by Nine Inch Nails and it goes, bow down before the one you serve, you're going to get what you deserve. And I was like, this is my dom <laughs> anthem. Bow down, you're gonna fucking get it. Um, so those are always the first two that come to mind if I'm in like a kinky space. Um, but if I'm in like a sensual, sexy place, like I like Sukhyun Stevens, um, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock came out with a sick album this last year. Do you know what it's called? I can't remember, but. No, um, but I know. I know. It, it's like the real smooth one. Oh, that gets you wet. And uh, Ariana Grande's Positions mm -hmm. from, from front to back. I think that's just a sex album. <laughs> it is. Um, okay, I love that. So thank you so much for taking the time that's to like, 
be on the podcast, teach me so many things. I'm definitely going to be hitting you up because <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to learn more. Um, but so can you like tell the people where they can find you? Um, what's your socials? And if you have anything that you want to promote? Yeah. So um, Instagram is definitely really great for me. It's the kinky consultant. Um, if you want to visit my website, you can see all my resource guides and um, my calendar for classes and contact me if you need me one-on-ones. That's thekinkyconsultant.com. Um, if you're interested in getting a couple lap dances, my stripper Instagram is uh, dancingandyla, where you will find all the spicy OnlyFans links if that's what you're into. Um, but yeah, I'm always excited when people hit me up and they're ready to start a journey. Um, so even if you just have like a singular question, you know, you don't need a full coaching or anything like I am that friend for you. <laughs> I am ready to tell you like what my favorite toy is, where to get the best rope, like how to tell your boyfriend you want to peg him, like anything <laughs> you want, please. It gives me joy. It truly is my happiest self to talk about sex. So like, if you ever have any questions, hit me up on Instagram. I'd love to just be your weird, sexy friend. <laughs> I love that. Also, what is your favorite toy? Um, I have a fist um, dildo. Oh, um, and I have uh, dual floggers. Yes. I, I'm a flogger, um, handler, whipper, whatever you want to call it. So. I love to hit and I like uh, large objects. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, um, thank you guys so much for joining, uh, listening to the My Body, My Pleasure podcast. Um, shout out to the sponsors that I currently don't have, but I am manifesting. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for this episode. See you guys next week.